0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Redefining Outbound. Your ears do not deceive you. I'm not one of your regular hosts this week. Um, we've had a little of little bit of last minute change, um, but I'm here, and I'm super excited to introduce our guest, Katie Boyd. Is that is that how I pronounce your surname? that's it Yes, amazing Katie Voigt. welcome to the show so Katie Voigt is our enterprise US sales manager so I'm super excited we're going to be diving into all things enterprise sales um, in this new era of outbound so yeah Casey just to kick things off do you want to give a little bit of an introduction to yourself for our listeners
1: yeah, absolutely. So I lead our enterprise sales team here in the US. I've been with Cognizm a few months now, which has been really incredible. I've been in the uh, software space, though, for 10 years. So very
0: excited to be partnering with Cognizm and leading the US team. Amazing. Thank you so much. So yeah, we always kick off every one of these episodes by asking our guest, what does redefining outbound mean to you?
1: Yeah. So I think for me specifically, it's really about how you're going to market in a way that's being the most efficient um, and impressive really for the people that you're reaching out to, right? I think about our enterprise team. I don't want them spinning their wheels trying to get in touch with the right people. And I also don't want them spending time getting in touch with people that aren't the right fit. And I think when I think about the the impressiveness of being outbound it's nailing the right person the right to the very first time to be able to you know reach out to them and get them to take a meeting
0: amazing thank you that's a great answer i really love that um and hopefully we're going to unpack that naturally in terms of like what that means specifically in the enterprise space um in this episode Um, I'm just curious just off the back of that like in this new era of outbound what are some of the common trends or like patterns that you've noticed when you've been selling to these enterprise organizations right because it's so these accounts they're so large and complex and there's so many people involved and also in this current economic climate where we're in now where budgets are tighter how has it become even harder so yeah I'm just keen to get your thoughts on that
1: I mean everything is so (laughs) difficult so hard to find the right person to be getting in front of. And I think when you, especially selling into the enterprise space, there are so many people that are the right person. And especially for the product that we're going to the market with, right? There are so many people that can um, help impact and influence the sale for sure. So just getting in front of them and letting them know, hey, we're here to help support and get you the information that you need to be able to take this forward and move the opportunity through to help your business hit their sales goals. I think those are the most important things
0: OK, great. So that's really cool. And in terms of like, so outside of that, are there any other challenges that you've noticed, like specifically that, that you've encountered, like with your team right now, like that you'd like? Yeah. To
1: I mean, budgets are tighter than ever. Right. And there are so many times that we are coming in and just asking for additional budget for our solution. And that's so, so tough. So I think about the importance of the business case. And that starts from the very first interaction with Cognizam. I think about our SDR team that's outbounding. And they're trying to make sure that we're going to be a really good fit. So long gone are the days of, oh, this solution, checks some of the boxes, right? We'll be able to, to work with them. And then maybe we'll go buy two or three more to fill in the gaps. Like We really have to come in and be able to get a lot of things done for our prospects right away. And we have to give them the confidence from the very first conversation that we're going to be able to be an exceptional partner for them for their contact needs.
0: I love that yeah and then that's so that's from the SDR perspective in terms of the AE perspective because I think one of the things that I've kind of noticed when I've spoken to other sales leaders is that disconnect between SDRs and AEs and how that business case just because it gets handed off to an AE it's I mean the business case becomes even like more important more than ever right like it starts with that interaction and then how how are you kind of advising your AEs to then carry that momentum through I guess
1: Yeah. So I think it really just starts with the collaboration between the enterprise account executive team and the enterprise SDR team. I mean, they have to just be like this, absolutely buttoned up on how they're prospecting into the accounts to really make sure that there is such a smooth handoff uh, when it's time for that first conversation to take place. But even more specifically, like we keep our SDRs engaged, right? They're on that first call. They're made available. They're answering questions sometimes that get thrown to them because we're meeting with SDR leaders. So they have questions directly for our SCR team. So, Making sure that they're involved in the process so that it's a really smooth transition. But it's really about uncovering the pain and data gaps in that very first conversation. That's absolutely critical, right? Finding out where are the weakness is, where are the opportunities for us to improve. We were recently uh, working and having conversations with an organization where their outbound team uh, was hitting their numbers, but they had huge growth plans. So they hitting their numbers wasn't going to get the job done anymore. They need to be at 125, 150 percent of plan for them to hit their metrics so it's really important to uncover those and ask those second and third layer questions on that discovery call to really get to the heart of what's going on in an organization and where they're looking to go
0: I love that and could you just sorry just another follow-up to that um those discovery questions that you mess that you mentioned I'm just curious to know like what are the specific phrasing like what do those discovery questions even look like like could you give an example of like a discovery question that could help uncover that pain
1: Yeah. So for us, of course, we really think about the questioning funnel, right? So that first question is a, it's a tell me question. Tell me about your current outbound process, right? What's working with that? Okay. You said your, your SDRs are outbounding globally, which specific regions are they outbounding into from there? It's, you know, what's your data coverage look like? Are you outbounding on mobiles? Is there a big email focus? How much time is being spent doing those things each day? If your SDRs were able to have access to twice as many mobiles, what would their metrics look like? How many more meetings would they be able to set? So kind of quantify. Also, on the qualitative side, uh, when you think about SDRs outbounding, when they're spinning their wheels trying to get access to the right mobiles or even just enough mobiles to be able to make their calls for the day, that can be really frustrating and that can be really tough for an SDR. So, making sure that you're equipping your teams with just even the right data for them to be able to outbound and AEs as well, when they're out there making calls, account executive time is so precious that when they are outbounding and they're looking to get in touch with the right people, they want to be able to get the phone number the first time and be able to get someone to pick up on the
0: other end of the phone. I love that and then just speaking of the team actually um could we just talk about hiring and training and onboarding because I think again when you think about SMB you know even mid-market commercial all those kind of things I feel like there's there's different slightly different nuances and layers to how you're training your team um I think something that I've sort of noticed when I've spoken a lot to like, you know, sales leaders before is that when you think about AEs in the enterprise space, there's this big push on like project management and showing those skills around project management for you, just when you're looking to sort of like bring people into the enterprise team, what are some of the core skills that you look for? Um, and you could talk about the SDR perspective, the AE perspective, but yeah, I'm just curious to know, like, and how do they differ from different segments?
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head on the project management side of the piece. It truly is a project. You think about the engagement. Some of these conversations are going on for six months, a year at times. So knowing who to engage within an organization and when and being able to get that timing right to get the correct stakeholder involved in the process, as well as being able to multi-thread within the organization is absolutely critical. So when I think about like the key indicators that someone's going to be successful It's the ability to be able to do that, right? To get those stakeholders engaged, but you also have to anticipate. And I think that's something that can definitely be missed. You need to be very prescriptive as an enterprise account executive. Hey, I know that this is where we are right now in the conversation, but we know for us to continue down this path to partnership, we have to get your leadership team engaged. How can we do that, right? You have to have AEs that are confident and can anticipate and be able to to prescribe sort of those next steps. And I think that's absolutely critical when you're looking at expanding an enterprise team, it's
0: great. And you mentioned the um, the like keeping the momentum with things like multi-threading and you know involving leadership. How because obviously the larger the organization is, the more complicated that becomes to, in order to track it. Have you got any best practices for any like other like sales managers listening right now that like for tactics that they could pass on to their AEs? Maybe they've got like a couple of AEs in particular that are really struggling to you know they're worried perhaps of being spread too thin. Any best practices there in terms of how you can really focus on connecting with those, you know, that cross channel engagement piece, that multi threading piece that we were talking about before, how you can really help to guide them so that they can move the needle on engaging the right people. Like, have you got any advice on that?
1: Yeah. So we talk internally about just getting your, getting your next yes. And I think that is so critical, right? The person that you're speaking with right now, they have to be saying yes to you. Yes, they want your product. Yes, they want to move forward in the conversation with you. But you also have to nail down and be very specific for what's in it for them right? What is it that they need to be doing internally to get where they want to go? Maybe there's a promotion on the line. Maybe there's a big bonus for them at the end of the year if they can execute on something. Maybe there's a big project that's being launched that's part of their, you know, key deliverable for the year. You have to un- you have to uncover what is truly in it for that person, tie it back to their personal stake in the project, get them to say yes, and that makes things so much easier to get others internal stakeholders engaged, because that person that has a, they have a personal tie to that project or your initiative, whatever it is that you're selling them, they, you have their big yes saying, yes, I want to do this. I need this to be able to hit my metric, hit my milestone, get my bonus, whatever it is. They're going to be so much more motivated to help you multi-thread internally.
0: I love that. And just in terms of that um, whole communication piece Are your AEs seeing any success? I'm just thinking with enterprise as well, like back to that organizational piece, are your AEs seeing any success with things like deal rooms, buying rooms, like, you know, like interactive areas where, you know, all the buyers can come together, like all the key decision makers can come together and have that decision. Have you had any success with that? Could you provide your insights?
1: So are you talking more of like a digital sales room where there's collateral? Are you talking like a larger meeting where everybody's coming to the table kind of like live on a call? We could it could be both. It could be whichever whichever one you could speak to, really. Yeah, yes to both of those, right? <laughs> so when I think about when I think about like a digital sales room or kind of like Uh, changeable collateral that's always being made available, that's never a bad idea in a sales process, right? Making your, your key metrics and your points and your collateral and business cases and ROI metrics, making those available to your champions and to your buying team is always a good idea. You never want them having to go through an email chain to find an attachment from three months ago that they kind of remember a bullet point was mentioned on, right? Anything you can do to make something easily accessible and readily accessible to your champions specifically just makes their life easier. And that's what our role is, right? We need to make it really easy for our champion and the buying team to say yes to us. Let's make it as streamlined as possible. So whatever we have to do, sometimes bending over backwards to just make things accessible, that's super, super important. Um, But on the flip side of that, Getting everybody together for one big conversation to say, yes, we want to move forward with an evaluation or yes, we know that your solution would make sense for this piece of our organization, but you're looking to expand into another piece of the, the org, right? You have to get them to say that, yes. Getting everybody together on a call is also a really good idea. But with that, it's so important to And I think that's something that can definitely be missed, all of the prep that goes into a big meeting like that, a big conversation like that, where you have an executive buying team coming to the table for the first time, at at most usually for 30 minutes, right? If you can even get 30 minutes, that's incredible at times. So there's so much prep and practice that goes into being able to nail that meeting and presentation to really make sure that you get the final
0: yes. I love that. I mean, just on the prep piece, like what, what kind of prep, like what does that whole process entail?
1: yeah so it's first of all it's just knowing who is going to be on the call even something as basic as name titles what's in it for them, doing a lot of kind of like predictive analysis on the types of questions they might be asking you so that you can be prepared to run through that. Um, Doing uh, kind of like an account mapping, right? We'll put together, this is their name and their title. This is what, this is their photo, right? So we know who it is sometimes on Zoom, or if you're using like a different conferencing platform for the first time, just their face will pop up and there's no title. So you want to know who it is that you're talking to so that you can speak to specifically what it is they're going to care about the most. Um, That's like, a basic prep piece, but even more specifically, prepping with your champion in advance of that conversation, right? Your champion has given you their yes. They've brought all these internal stakeholders to this conversation. It's up to you as an account executive and an account executive manager to show up and help your champion get that yes, right? You want to make them look great. And it's positioning them in a light that says, hey, this is what I know about your organization. Your champion has prepped you on this um, and running through kind of like a mock run with them. This is what I plan to present anything that you think that I should be presenting or I shouldn't present because your champion also knows the personalities of the people that are going to join that call. And I think that's another area that can be missed too. You might get on a call and as salespeople, even now, right, I can be a little long-winded. I'm talking, I get excited. But you might be speaking with people who are super direct and to the point and they're very succinct and that's totally okay. And if that's how they want to be communicated to, it's up to you as an account executive or an account executive manager to show up in that regard for your process and to help your champion get a deal across the line so even something as simple as like a personality prep I think can be so helpful for those larger conversations as
0: well I think that's great that's so interesting and you're so right because again like your champions software is such a unique like product to buy and a lot of people haven't bought it for the first time and I think it can be very daunting as well for these big enterprise organizations right because they have so many lists of priorities of things that they need to get through just on that um because there's these long list of priorities what are some of the things that enterprise sales teams can do to kind of stay top on top on of mind and say to them you know this is still a is this still a priority for you or nudging or reminding like what does that look like so that you're not losing momentum especially when it comes to you know moving the needle on closing a deal like have you got any advice on that for the listeners yeah
1: so I think it's just truly about uncovering, is it going to be a priority? I think so many sellers don't do a deep enough discovery to really make sure that there truly is a need, right? And then we go through this whole buying process, and at the end of the deal, you, you don't get the yes. And it's like, well, wait a minute, I just spent six months nudging you and reminding you that this should be an initiative that you care about, but if you don't have that alignment up front, you're not going to get a deal on the back end. And I think sometimes sellers are scared to qualify out opportunities, um, but they always come back around, right? It will become a top priority at some point. Um, but you're gonna get a no regardless, right? So it's important to qualify the opportunity and really make sure that there is mutual alignment, that there is a really big need. Once there is a need, let's quantify it, right? If it's something that's truly quantifiable, which I think most things are, let's figure out what the impact to the business is. First of all, what's the impact to that individual person that you're speaking with? And then starting to unpack, what's the impact to the broader organization? How can you tie that together? every single communication needs to always tie it back to the impact to that person and to the organization Ooh. because that's what will keep the momentum going.
0: I love that. Um, one of the things that I think is coming out of this is that the amount of resilience that you must need like as in this kind of organization like in this kind of you know setup is this something that you try and like instill into the team like how do you Cause I think it can be so hard as well. Like if you, especially if you think a deal is is about to fall through that motivation piece, that resilience piece, it can be very disheartening, you know, obviously for a lot of reps and AEs, what would you like, how would you sort of instill that in them? Like, what, what would you say? Is it literally just a comforting word of advice? Like, look, these things happen. Like, how do you train for that kind of mindset? I guess it's so it's, I don't know if that's a, if that's a long-winded question, but hopefully that makes a bit of sense.
1: Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think, especially in the enterprise space, we get really hung up on the logos, right? These are huge companies that we're selling to, big, big names, and we get really excited and to think that you know obviously the deal sizes are great right we love a huge six-figure deal coming across the plate but even just about the logos right to be able to tell your friends and family hey i just landed this global logo that they're going to recognize because i think a lot of times in the software space our friends and family don't really know what we do right they don't know what we're selling they don't know what the product is but if you can tell them that you're working with these big household names that they see on tv commercials they're like wow i think that's really impressive that's cool so i think that's something that we really enjoy doing so when we're towards the end of a deal and we realize things are slipping and they're falling through for whatever reason that can really stink and that can be hard and it can be really tough on people but truly every deal always comes back around. And I think that's what like really you can just like grab the torch and run with it because you know in a year, two years, sometimes, sometimes just a few months, that deal comes back around. But again, on the qualifying of an opportunity and doing your due diligence kind of during the sales process, I think we typically know, right, if a deal is moving in the right direction, if there truly is enough of a need, if it's a rock solid business case, if we're multi threading to the right people. And if we're not doing those things, we know, right, if a deal is going to end up falling through if it's not going to happen right now because it doesn't make sense timing-wise. So I think trusting your gut is super important, remembering that deals always come back around. There's always another huge logo right down the pipe. I can't even tell you how many times a logo has fallen through. And then a month later, some other huge logo is in the pipeline. And it's, that's all we can focus on, right? Because we're so excited. Like, wow, this is incredible. So I think just knowing that another one's coming down the pipe, but also making sure that you have a little bit of a pipeline to backfill if you have a deal fall through.
0: I love that um just on the multi again we've just we've been talking about multi-threading a lot and just from the AE perspective like uh, cross-channel engagement obviously is still very important even in the AE side of things are there any chat like any channels that you've seen your AEs like have great success but specifically for that enterprise space like any channels that work well like that you've seen
1: like in like on internal engagement or externally like with prospects like different like budget stakeholders that sort of thing it could be
0: both so it could be the SDR perspective and the AE perspective I guess
1: yeah, so I think that like when we're outbounding and we're looking at who we are selling into, it's so important to know your product, right? And know the different personas of people that are going to buy your product because um, we'll be meeting with sales managers, right? For individual seats of our solution. And then we're also working with the marketing team because they're outbounding and they need, you know, huge amounts of data, right? That we're able to help them with with enriching it and, you know, just improving upon the data quality. So those are two different budget stakeholders that have int- uh, similar needs because they're kind of going after the same thing ish. Um, but totally two different buying processes. And you might get a yes from one and not get a yes from the other. So I think knowing that there's multiple opportunities to get that yes is really important, but you have to know your product. You have to know the use case. You have to know kind of the inner workings and the people that are going to say yes, the people that might have some reservations about bringing you on board and the places that you're not gonna be a good fit and being able to navigate those conversations I think is super important. But I do think it always goes back to knowing what your product can and cannot do. And that'll really help you kind of multi-thread your deal internally
0: great i love that so much um and can we just talk about you know towards the negotiation side of things so it's great hip hip, parade the deal is you know signing the dotted line you're all in negotiation phase um anything that you've noticed particularly well that works at this stage when it comes to these larger organizations um for example i think something that our vp um of sales was talking about was um, like we involve the legal team to sort of iron over any like blocking points or potential block- blockers in the contract. Um, have you seen kind of like similar success in terms of like in- involving your C-suite um, in these big large like complex deals? And how early yeah. into the process as well is, are they important?
1: I mean, there are there are times that we get off of a discovery call, so our very first conversation with an enterprise organization for like a potential client, and we start the legal process. And it's because we know that there's some sort of a use case there. We haven't ironed out all of the details, right? But we know there's a reason for us to be partnering. We don't know when exactly it's gonna happen, but we know we have to start that legal process. And the legal process can be incredibly lengthy. So legal and security, right? Those are two things that are, they can just really cause a lot of delay. And we get on call sometimes and people will tell us, hey, that typically takes us three months to get through. That's a long time, three months is a long time. But so the buying process can also be three months. So if you can kick off those pieces of review after your very first conversation, when you finally get to negotiating, those things are done. And that is so helpful and is so critical when it comes to things like forecasting and knowing when a deal is going to close. You have to get those things done. And I think that sometimes account executives can be afraid to ask because they think that if they ask about a legal review or they ask about a security review, that all of a sudden that's going to like turn a light bulb on with their prospect and the, their prospect is going to say, oh, yes, we should go ahead and get that started. Well, the reality is it doesn't matter if you if you bring it up. It's going to happen. You're going to have a legal review. You're going to have a security review. It's not going to, you can't not bring it up and think that it's just not going to happen. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. So if you bring it up early, if you bring it up as soon as you realize there's a little bit of a business case for you to be working together, it's going to save you so much headache down the road. So I think the sooner you can get the process started, the better because it's going to happen regardless. So you might as well just get it done. Uh, but back to the first part of what we were talking about, which is negotiating you can't do anything on negotiating until you get the yes there has to be a business yes right regardless of price regardless of what goes into it you have to be the right solution for that organization before any negotiating ever starts and i think that's something else that can also be missed sometimes sometimes you know discounts are thrown out as a way to like entice the yes but the reality is you have to get the business yes first before any negotiating ever should
0: happen I love that. Yeah, it's all about the yes. Uh, it's the common theme that's coming up. This get the yes. <laughs> um, that's great. And just in terms of like upcoming trends for enterprise sales, it's a bit of a bit of a broad question, I know, but it's just something I quite like to end on because I think we've kind of touched on a lot of really important trends today. Things like multi-threading and um, you know making sure that there is a business yes and involving your C-suite. And I think we've unpacked a lot of great stuff. So in terms of upcoming predictions it can be for this year next year what would you what would you sort of see on the horizon in terms of like what's going to really help enterprise sales teams move the needle on these big deals and help build pipeline i guess like what are you noticing that's going to become really important
1: Yeah, so I think building that urgency and that business case from the very first conversation is critical because if you're not doing that, your deal is going to fizzle out. It's going to be moving slow. It's going to be really tough to pick up the momentum. But if you can walk away from that first conversation with a rock solid yes, there's enough of a need for us to continue the conversation and approaching it in that regard. Um, I think so often we can get hung up on what our internal process is. I have to do a discovery call. Then I have to do a demo. Then I move into trial. If you can be a little bit more open and flexible, into what's gonna fit the needs of the person that you're sitting across the the Zoom call from or across the table from, if you happen to be um, in-person selling. I think that is gonna be what really sets apart the the good from the great enterprise sales teams is creating that urgency right from the get-go and honing in on what is it that that person that you're talking to needs to be able to say yes, what's the business case? Okay, you got the yes. You got them to agree to continue the conversation. It's okay to slow down a little bit on the front end of a deal because it'll help you speed up leaps and bounds on the back end, right? If you take the time to do a rock solid discovery over one, two, three, four different meetings whatever it is, with different stakeholders starting to multi-thread really early, it's going to help you speed through the deal at the end and be able to get it across the finish line. So I think building out that business case, getting the yes is what's really going to create urgency and help you build pipeline down the road.
0: I love that. And I think the thing that you said about making sure that you have a process, but not being too rigid in your process. So having the flexibility so that it's really catering to the needs of the business and you know who you're process- who you're talking to, um, I think that's great. Um, those were all the questions I had, so thank you so much. Um, any kind of last parting words of wisdom on enterprise sales today? <laughs> the state of yeah. it. It's
1: it's tough, but we love the logos, right? So keep going after them. We would love to see them come through, and I think that's what gets, gets us all uh, out of bed each morning, which is great.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Katie. Um, That's all the time that we have for this week. Um, But yeah, if people want to find you, our listeners, can they just connect with you on LinkedIn? Is that the best way?
1: Absolutely. That'd be perfect
0: amazing thank you so much this has been such a great conversation it's been an eye-opener for me there's lots of things that I've learned um which I'm definitely gonna unpack a little bit further so thank you and hopefully this has been great for the listeners as well um so yeah thank you so much everybody for listening and we'll be back with our usual hosts from next week um thank you so much and we'll see you for the next episode very soon